This week, we're looking at chapters 8 through 14 of Matthew. That was our reading for the week. And what do these chapters teach us about Jesus? If you were able to join in the readings of, uh, of Matthew this week, what stood out to you about Jesus? Maybe what surprised you about Jesus? Or what were you reminded of about Jesus? Let me know. This is Jesus Christ, our Savior, coming from these seven chapters. Jesus Christ, he draws close to the hurting. He is near the brokenhearted. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He honors faithfulness. He has power over the wind, the earth, and the sea. He commands the storms, and they listen. He calms fears. He has power over demons. Demons fear him. Did you hear that? Demons, the scary things, the stuff of nightmares, agents of evil, of the devil, they fear Jesus. He challenges his followers to grow and to believe. He challenges the status quo. He rebukes the pious for their strict adherence to the law and, he, and their complete lack of grace. And he teaches, oh, not passively, but he teaches with authority. He has compassion for his people. He equips and sends out his believers on his own authority. He is deeply honest and forthright. And he advocates for the hurt, for the broken, for the lowly, the least, and the lost. He calls his followers to a life of sacrifice. He feeds the hungry, and he has an intimate relationship with God the Father. He spends time alone with him to pray, and he tells us, he commands us to not be afraid. He is indeed the Son of God. That is our Jesus. That comes just from these seven chapters in the life of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like something someone that I want to follow. That sounds like someone that I want to be like. Does that sound like someone worth following to you? I'm guessing that a lot of you have been feeling pretty worn down, beat up, downright tired through all of this, not just the actual staying home part, but also the mental exhaustion, the anxiety that comes in waves, the uncertainty, the inconveniences, the boredom, the fear, all of it can lead us to feel just downright exhausted. If that's you, it's time to listen up. This word's for you. If that's not you, if you're doing pretty good, you're not tired, that might be the concern now, but you may be tired down the road. Or if you're not tired now, you may be falling asleep to your own emotions. Pay attention to how you're really feeling. Or maybe you really are handling it well, but it's highly likely that someone close to you is not. So this word is for you as well. Who is feeling weary today? Who's feeling tired? 
Has it been hard to get out of bed? Have, have you been in your PJs all week long? Then hear what God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, says. This is from his true word in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle. I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's the word of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Write that passage down. Put it on your mirror. Do like I did. Make it the lock screen on your phone right here. Can you see that? I don't know if you can see that. I'm going to guess you can see that okay. I'll post that for you on Facebook so you can have it yourself. It's Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I love that, Margie. It's one of my favorite verses too. We're going to break this down. Jesus first says, come to me. He's inviting you to be and to remain close. You see, he uses this imagery of a yoke, not a yolk like an egg, but he doesn't mean that he likes his eggs over easy or anything like that. No, yoke, not yolk, yoke. Got it? <laughs> it's that thing that holds two animals, often oxen, uh, together. And it attaches to a plow and they, they go to work together. Now the oxen are side by side. They are super close. Uh, like so close to their horns or are they antlers? Horns. I think they're horns on oxen. Yeah. The horns are touching because they're so close. It, 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 it's so close that you would know if your yoke mate had eaten over easy eggs for breakfast that morning. Okay. And Jesus is inviting you to be and to remain that close to him. It's an invitation to trust Jesus personally. See, Jesus, the God of the universe, he invites you to be close. Come to me, who? All who are weary and burdened. And that might be you today. He's inviting you. He's inviting all, all of us, no matter if you've been following God for 80 years, or you just stumbled upon this live stream because your Aunt Patty shared it. Jesus is inviting you to come close to him. He desires a closeness with you. Doesn't matter what you've done in your life, how much you've messed up or anything, because God deeply loves you regardless. Regardless of your track record, he loves you. And he desires you today to draw close to him. And what will happen? when you draw close. Jesus, he will give you rest. It's not a might. That's not a maybe. That's not a he will think about it. It's not he will give you rest if you meet certain conditions. No, if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you and he will give you rest. The rest that your soul craves and needs. 
So what does it mean to take his yoke upon you? Tangibly, what does that look like? What it means is to give up control of your life. Does that sound scary to you? Does it sound scary to give up control of your life? It will only sound scary if you do not know God or if you don't know him well. Because when you come to know God closely, you realize that giving up control to him is the most freeing thing that you can do. Why do people want to be in control? It's because they want freedom. They want freedom from constraint. They want to be free, free to decide what and when and how. Now here's the thing. Like some of you, I have a really hard time letting go of control. I'm kind of a control freak. Anyone else here? Anyone else here a control freak? If someone's looking at you right now, with that look that's kind of like, hey, uh, <clears throat> pastor's talking about you. And you look back at them and say, don't look at me like that. Don't, don't, don't stop, stop, stop staring at me like that. Right now, you're trying to control that person. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you like to be in control. Just saying, I like to be in control. Because when I'm in control, things are done my way. And when they're done my way, they're done right. <laughs> at least I like to think they are, right? I'm kidding. Mostly, I'm kind of kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, yeah. See, with a global pandemic, major worldwide crisis, a ton of unknowns and uncertainties and new territory, the two-year-old, a four-year-old at home, a baby on the way, do you think I feel in control these days? <laughs> no, sir, not at all. I'm out of control, okay? I am completely out of control. And daily, I have had to come to terms with the I can't control my life. I can't control my way out of this. No. But in this one thing, you know what? It is really good for me to be out of control. And I encourage you to be out of control as well. Say to someone, you are out of control. Or you need to be out of control. Right? out of control of our lives. If we are placing our control in someone who is trustworthy. So who is that person? Who is in control? <laughs> the one who commands the universe. This very Jesus we have been talking about, the living God who invites us to come to him. People who struggle with control often struggle with trust. But is God trustworthy? Absolutely. Absolutely. He fulfills every one of his promises. He is, he is 100% on that. His word is true. It is right. It is just. And it is good. So take his yoke upon you. Allow him to guide your life. To steer you. To direct your life. 
he will not lead you astray. No, he will not lead you astray. Learn from him, for he knows what's best for you. And he is gentle. He is humble. He is trustworthy. And in him, your soul will find rest. The burden of following him, the weight of his yoke, it is nothing compared to wearing that yoke alone. God does the heavy lifting. He lightens the burden. Notice in this passage, he, he doesn't say that he takes away the burden. No, because in this world, we will have trouble. He doesn't shy away from that fact, but he does say, take heart. For he, Jesus Christ, has overcome the world. He does the heavy lifting. He makes this life bearable, and outside of him there is no peace, but in relationship with him there is an abundant and everlasting peace, and your soul will find rest. So are you relying on God through this time, through this season, through this global pandemic? Or are you trying to do it on your own strength. Here's the thing, no matter how strong you are, you will grow weary if you rely on your own strength. So, I'm a big fan of rock climbing. Anyone else here love rock climbing? I know Jeff Offringo just woke up in case he was sleeping. You weren't sleeping though, Jeff, I know that. He's a, he's, he's, he was listening faithfully. I love rock climbing. Now, I went to a rock climbing camp at Cran Hill Ranch. A lot of you know that camp way back when I was in middle school. Now, I was really good on climbing up the, the flat wall. You know, I weighed about like 60 pounds. Um, and so no problem. I was up there in a minute, right? Uh, it was super easy for me and, and it was a lot of fun. But on the other side of the wall, there was this wall that wasn't just straight up and down. It was like it had these big ridges, right? Can you see that? I don't know. Yeah, these big ridges. So it took to get over those a lot of upper arm strength. And well, I'm a little lacking in that department. You may not know that. So all week long, it was my goal to conquer that wall. All week, I worked on that challenging wall. I would grow tired, and the more tired I became, the more I would fall, and the more mistakes I would make, and the more weary I grew. And every day that wall defeated me until the last day of camp. My counselor decided he was going to belay me. You see, in rock climbing, there's, there's the, there, you, in at least a climbing wall, you have the climber, and then you have someone who belays you. That's the person that your rope and your harness goes up, it goes through the thing, it comes back down, and the belayer holds you. It holds the rope, and they pull it through, and they keep it tight, and they keep you as an anchor. They're the person that makes sure you are safe, that makes sure you are secure, and they keep you from falling. What makes a good belayer? Someone who has constant attention on you, whose eyes are fixed on you, they often need to be bigger and stronger than you are. And they help guide you and encourage you along the way. So I, uh, in rock climbing, I was a terrible belayer. I know, it's shocking, I was 60 pounds. So my partner would be climbing up the wall and I would have the rope 
And usually my counselor would stand behind me and hold on to my harness uh, to keep me grounded on the ground. Um, or they had this special little rope they called the Kevin rope that they rigged up. They anchored it into the ground and tied it to my harness. So what would happen would be if my, my climbing partner fell off the wall, I'd have the rope tight. I was a faithful belayer in that way, but they would fall and then I would lift. And I would just hover there with my feet a few inches off the ground, holding on to uh, my, my climber. And it just wasn't all that comfortable if you can uh, understand what that means. So I was really bad at belaying. But I was pretty good at climbing, aside from this stinking hard wall. But my counselor was awesome at belaying. He was strong, he was steady, he was encouraging. He also knew when I simply needed an extra boost. So he saw me try and try and try on my own strength all week long. And he knew on my own strength, I simply couldn't get over that hump. I just wasn't strong enough. I was determined enough, yes, but the strength wasn't there. But he was strong enough. So he said, Kevin, give it one more try. If you're willing, I'm going to lend you my strength. So for the hundredth time that week, I went at that wall. As soon as I started to struggle, I called out to him. And what did he do? He gave me his strength. He pulled a little on that rope, lifted me just enough, eased the burden just enough, and I got over that obstacle. I could not do that on my own, but with him, I could have climbed anything if he was helping me. See, a climber needs a great belayer. And here you go, you saw it coming. In this life, who is the best belayer? Well, metaphorically speaking, we're talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is our belayer. He keeps us from falling. Like our psalm this morning, he will not let your foot slip. He will guide you. He will show you where there's a handhold. He will show you the path forward. His strength will become your strength if you rest in him and call on him, he will be your anchor. The best belayers are the ones that have climbed many, many times before. Been on the path you have been on, who have been exactly where you are. And Jesus Christ has walked this earth as a human. He had the full human experience. He has been where you are now. The specific details may be different, but the emotions, the struggles, the hardships, that is all the same. And he is with you right now, guiding you, showing you the path. If you have the peace of mind to be still, to be calm and to listen, to come close and call upon the Lord, for he will guide you. He will not let your foot slip. He will not fall asleep on you. He is now and always will watch over you. When you think there's a ledge, you simply are not strong enough to conquer yourself. The beauty is you may rely on his strength and he can pull on that rope and he can lift you beyond and you may go to heights that you never before thought possible. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest.
If, if you are weary, draw close to God. Trust in him. Lean on his strength. Allow him to lead your life. And I promise you, he will lead you through this. And your soul will, it will, it will find rest. It's not a fleeting rest. It is an eternal rest. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. God, you are our God, and we will forever praise you. The God, the creator of the universe, the maker of heavens and earth, who indeed even created us and entered into a long-standing, patient relationship with your people. We give you thanks today, Lord, for you are so good and worthy of all our praise, all our attention. And Lord, we sit here desperate for you, desperately in need of a savior. As we reflect back on what we've learned about Jesus, we have learned how kind and caring and loving and gracious and honest and truthful and right you are. And so God, when your word tells us to come close to you, to draw close to you, for if we are weary, you will give us rest. You will guide us. You will protect us. You will lead us. Then we believe that is true. So we proclaim that this morning, God. We proclaim that as our own truth today. Lord, may that resonate deep within our souls, knowing that you are a trustworthy God and in you we will find our rest and our peace. And God, this world so desperately needs you. And we know you're actively at work. You are making good out of this situation. But we do pray, God, that you come, Lord Jesus, that you heal this land, you heal the sick, you provide relief and resources where it is needed. You provide it not just here in Kalamazoo and in Michigan, but to all corners of the earth. Lord, in this darkness, may your light shine so bright. May you equip us to be your hands and feet in this time. Will you heal the brokenhearted in this time? As we are all experiencing a, a, a deepening rawness that we maybe haven't felt as a community before, may in that rawness you work your wonders. You are a good and loving and caring and compassionate God that mourns with those who mourn. And in you, you say you will wipe every tear from the every eye. So we pray that will be so. Guide us today, Lord. Meet us exactly where we need to meet you. For those of us that have been distant to you, God, we pray that you give us the courage to step boldly towards you and say, I want to follow you, Lord. I want you to be Lord of my life. I haven't been following you in this life, but hearing this message, something is stirring within me, that's the Holy Spirit. 
and I want to follow you, God. So I reclaim that or I claim that for the first time today to do that now. We love you, God. And we are lost without you. So we lift our eyes up to the hills for it is you who give us our help. In our time of trouble, we will call upon the name of the Lord and our Lord will answer and will give our souls rest. We thank you, God. We love you. We trust you. And we pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, it's a good morning to spend with you. I pray that God has met you in your time setting this morning aside for him. But I pray that you drawing close to him does not end as soon as this video ends. I pray that you worship. I pray that you draw close to him, that you pray with him and commune with him. For his burden is light and will find rest if you draw close to him. That's my prayer for all of us today. So as we prepare to be sent to be a blessing, first receive this blessing from God. Why don't you go ahead and stand if you would like at your homes to receive God's blessing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May you, he turn his face towards you and bring you his everlasting peace. All God's people say, amen. Amen.